1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog.
2: How many bees is a swarm? Is two a swarm or three? Whatever. How many does it have to be? And. You're like seven. It's Mike Shope. How many, how many times do you have to be stung to have been swarmed? And I was like, dude, I got swarmed. I got stung only once, but I was swarmed. And the bulldog.
3: You insist you were swarmed.
2: There were bees, man. Like plural. Big, lots of S's. Lots of E's and S's. Bees. <laughs> that, was, that was not bees. fun. Bees. <laughs> right. That was not fun.
0: On WGR.
2: Hey, man. That kind of hurt. Sports Radio 550.
3: I like introducing Mark Schofield almost as much as I like talking to him. Uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation, it is getting yachty. I'm going to say it every time until you tell me to stop. This is a man who does not need to have explained to him who Gino Vanelli is. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. At least I'm assuming that. Mark, am I giving you too much credit?
4: You are not giving me too much credit, my friend. And It is always great to be with you. It's always
2: great to get the introductions. And it's just always
4: great to talk with you guys. How are you guys doing?
3: Thank you,
2: Mark. (laughs) We're doing okay, you know, sh- shaking off the uh, disappointment. Uh, I guess
3: right. We're in off-season mode over here.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I've been in, as a Patriots fan, I've been in off in off-season mode since roughly around Thanksgiving. So welcome aboard. It's fun
3: in off-season <laughs> mode sometimes. It can be. It seems like this Bills off-season will be. I don't know. They're all interesting, I guess. But um, you know, how much is there to fix, Mark? Last year, the takeaways seemed to be well, they're great, they just lost. Um, This year, is it the same thing?
4: I mean, I think it's similar. I certainly think that there are areas that this roster can address this offseason. You know, making sure you have the offensive line set, the best five in front of Josh Allen is certainly up there. I do think at some point add in a receiver across from Stephon Diggs. You know, it's not the best – free agency class it's an interesting draft class at receiver but there might be a lot of sort of receiver two options in this draft even early in this draft that i think would make a lot of sense for buffalo you know nibbling around the edges at some other positions adding in depth things like that are probably on the table for this organization but i don't think there's a lot that needs to be fixed i think a healthy josh allen you know for the entire season you know, might be the biggest thing that this team needs going forward because I do think that the elbow injury certainly played a role down the stretch. He's still a fantastic quarterback, but, you know, even a little bit of a loss of velocity here and there sometimes makes a difference. And I think you did see that particularly in the game against Cincinnati. But it's not a situation where there's lots that needs to be done. They're still in a very good position. The toughest thing ahead of them might just be the fact that the AFC is good. The AFC is deep. You know, we're seeing and as we sort of got with the news today, you know, the balance of power has shifted now to the AFC, and it's going to be a tough conference to compete in over the next couple of years as a result.
2: Yeah, they, they don't. I agree they don't have a long list. You really hit it. Like the, the line and, and a receiver, you know, or a receiver in the line, however you want to prioritize it. Um, the, the bigger question might be, Mark, like where do they find the money to address those needs uh, when we're looking at Poyer, a free agent, Edmonds a free agent. There are others, but those are the two that are, you know, and you know, in no particular order, impactful, important players to that defense that both on the open market, I mean Poirier's thirty-two, so that that could temper what he finds on the open market. I think it's the main reason the Bills didn't do something with him last off season or even during this season. But but Edmonds is twenty five and he matters a lot in the middle there. And he could be looking at a huge contract and I don't know where they're going to find the money.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a big question. Even with the increase in the salary cap, the bump we're seeing to next year, the, what, 225000000 million, mm-hmm. they're still projected, you know, going to be over it right now. I mean, I think there are some things that they can do. I mean, you could do sort of an Allen restructure. Sure. You could do, you know, a Stephon Diggs restructure. There are ways they can move some money around, but there might be some difficult decisions. The poor one's interesting because for years, look, you know, and employer, perhaps the best safety tandem in the NFL. It's hard to, you know, imagine breaking that up, you know, maybe because like you said, of his, of his age there it might temper what he gets on the market. The Edmonds one is certainly interesting, you know, perhaps if they can sort of do some financial things going into the off season to put themselves in a better position financially, they'll be able to get a deal with him done. But I think those are the two ones that jump out. This has been a smart organization financially. You know, Brandon Bean has done a very good job over the years, and I'm sure that looking at it right now, he's gonna find a way to get things done and it might start with his quarterback.
3: One thing and you've already you've already discussed it here with us, Mark, that seems evident on the on the heels of this season, in particular the loss to the Bengals, is that a lot of draft capital being spent on edge rushers and the defensive line overall didn't really accomplish for them in the end, what they meant for it to. Uh, I mean, there, there are good players, and they've had good moments, but like they drafted that position after losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs two years ago, and this season ends with a loss against the Bengals team where Joe Burrow really was kind of just free and easy to do what he wanted in the pocket. Then the next week, he goes to Kansas City, and they're all over him. So, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's fair to sort of scrutinize that and at least hope that I mean, at least if you're me, (laughs) hope that they don't do more of the same in the draft.
4: Right. I think that's a very fair take. And what's interesting about the difference between the Bengals in the divisional round and then the AFC Championship game is in both games, Burrow got the ball out quickly. You know, he got the ball out quickly in both games. But in one game, he was under pressure a lot, you know, by the Kansas City Chiefs. And Chris Jones gets his first two preseason, I mean, postseason sacks, excuse me, and the other one, it seemed like Buffalo couldn't really get any pressure on him. And like you said, he was free and easy back there. It was like being on the yacht with the music playing. He had all the time in the yes. world in the pocket. And so, you know, do you wonder, okay, is this a Buffalo problem? Is this something they need to address? Was it the weather? You know, a lot of people sometimes say, look, playing in the snow, it's a quarterback's best friend because a pass rush can't get home. Maybe there is something of that. To be said, is it a, a window to maybe at some point in this draft addressing the position again? You know, it's certainly something to consider because, like you said, they put a lot into past rushers. And, you know, look, a healthy Vaughn Miller, maybe that would have been the difference. You know, that could have played a huge role as well. But getting consistent pressure up front, I think, is something that this organization is going to need to think about in this offseason and headed into next year.
3: With Mark Schofield, SB Nation, any thoughts on Allen at this point of his career, Mark? I mean, I'm definitely not a QB wins guy but you do look at the board now and see Mahomes in a third Super Bowl already and Burrow to two championship games and they they both been successful against Allen and the Bills in the playoffs man 10 points in that last game I I don't want to I want to be careful not to make just all the excuses for him um throughout the offseason with oh the pass protection and running game and wide receiver depth or even Stephon Diggs, for that matter. I mean, the season ends and Diggs is throwing a tantrum on the sideline about not getting the ball. So where do you stand on Allen here as he now shoots up in terms of salary uh, out out of his rookie deal?
4: Right, and this is going to be – this is always sort of a pivotal point in young quarterback contract world, right? If they're out of the rookie deal, now it's into the second contract. They've shown that the team can win and they can be successful with them on that rookie deal, but now is where you expect them to be in that position to, what's the phrase, elevate the team around them, raise the level of play and things like that. I firmly believe that Josh Allen is capable of that. You know, I I have watching his development from where he was at Wyoming and, you know, the way he's developed into the National Football League, the way he made people look like me, you know, look like idiots with the way he's developed is an extremely impressive. I think there was a lot going on with this team. I mean, I I think this entire Bills season needs a lot of context with, you know, coming off of the 13 seconds game, you know, last season, you know, with the injury to Allen, with everything that has happened around this organization this season, I I think it's fair to put all that context together and say, you know, that this was a team that had high expectations. They didn't quite come together, but it's still an extremely talented team. But We just sort of went through the list of what needs to be done. Not much. Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. He's one of the elites in this league. And he's one of the elites in this league because of the work that he's put in from those days at Wyoming. And so I have every expectation that this Bills team is going to be in the mix next year. I think ultimately, it's like we just said a few minutes ago, the AFC is very good. The conference is very deep. You have a lot of talented teams. You have a lot of quarterbacks that are very good. It's going to be tough in the next couple of years to make a run out of this conference because of the depth of talent in the AFC at large.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks, I mean, they were it was already stacked after last offseason. Now Lawrence has kind of, I think, arrived, right? Herbert's got a new coordinator. Russell Wilson has a new head coach, and it's Sean Payton, by the way. So, like, may, maybe some things, just the Raiders will have a different guy, and we'll see who that ends up being, whether that's actually better than Derek Carr or not. But it really, I heard our morning guys today, Mark, talking about the difference between the AFC and the NFC, which was stark already last year with like Brady and Rodgers kind of being the kingpins of the conference, and like I know Hertz is an MVP finalist, so you've got him. And after that, if with Brady gone and if Rodgers, who knows? Like if he goes to the AFC, let's just say hypothetically, who are your quarterbacks in the NFC? I mean, it's 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 the two guys I just mentioned. And Murray's hurt. Who's going to play in San Francisco? and you're just sort of wandering around looking for 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 top shelf qbs they're all in the afc
4: yeah they are i mean imagine a world where aaron Rodgers follows his predecessor's path to new york and he's suddenly the quarterback of the jets i mean that's a very plausible scenario and let's not forget we're we'll getting into mock draft season right now cj stroud bryce young houston and indianapolis those are the two teams that are most <laughs> you know commonly linked to them now Rookie quarterbacks don't always pan out, but say one of them does and becomes a quarterback people are excited about. And look at the NFC. I mean, do we start saying, hey, Jared Goff is perhaps one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC? That's an interesting world to live in. So, you know, the arms race at the quarterback position in the National Football League has shifted heavily in the favor of the AFC. Now, there might be some moves. You know, does Lamar Jackson end up in the NFC? Does Garoppolo stay in the NFC? You know, some things like that could happen, but certainly the balance of power has shifted to the AFC, which makes it difficult for teams to compete. I mean, you come out of the AFC and make it to a Super Bowl, well, you've done something pretty good right now.
3: Are you at all surprised the Chiefs got there this year with I mean, if you want to go back to Tyreek Hill being traded, you can, but you know, even through the year, they they really deserve a lot of credit and they get it, but just this is another season where it didn't look like it was coming easy to Kansas City, and yet they get by Jacksonville. That was a competitive game this game Sunday. I mean, they easily could have lost it, but here they are.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's one heck of an effort to get out of the AFC, like we just talked about. And this wasn't like an easy road for them. I mean, this was a team that, you know, went to overtime against Houston in the regular season. And, yeah. you know, that's just one week, but it's another example of you know, the role that they face to get in there. And certainly you go back to the summer and Tyreek moving to Miami and the questions about, you know, how are they going to generate offense? How are they going to generate explosive plays? And having Patrick Mahomes certainly helps. Having Travis Kelsey certainly helps, you know, of the best of the position. You know, they're certainly walking into a situation where you might say the Eagles are perhaps some better, more complete team with different ways that they can beat you. But the Chiefs might have an advantage at two positions, tight end and quarterback. And in this game, those might be two pretty big positions to have an advantage at. But you know, credit to Andy Reid, credit to that coaching staff, Spagnuolo and the enemy and everybody aboard to get this team back to the Super Bowl. Wasn't an easy run, but they're back. And now they get a shot to win it again, which is an impressive effort.
3: Mark, what do you think happens with uh, the Ravens? Like the report is, and this is not a surprise, I would say, that they'll franchise tag Lamar Jackson. like, is Does that c- situation seem repairable?
4: It certainly, you're not getting the warm and fuzzies about it, are you? I mean, <laughs> uh, all season long, I've been saying, oh, no, no, it's going to be fine. Lamar is going to be fine. He knows that, they've, that they want him there, and they've sort of structured the offense roster-wise conceptually around what he does. And, you know, the Ravens, since they've done this for Lamar, it's obvious that they you know, want him back and view him as a big part. Now we're talking franchise tags. It does seem like it's sort of spinning in the wrong direction between quarterback and team. Now maybe they put the tag on him and then they, they stab that window to sort of get a longer-term deal done and they finally do that. But the warm and fuzzies aren't, you know, coming to the forefront when you think about Lamar and the Ravens right now. And the fact that we're even entertaining the idea that he might end up somewhere else, makes us sort of understand that this might be one of those situations where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe that relationship is a bit more fractured than we really think. And, you know, now they're moving in a different direction or offensive coordinator. Maybe that will sort of repair things because there was a lot of talk that maybe the sort of relationship between Lamar and the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, you know, it wasn't quite working. It sort of reached a plateau and they need a new voice there. Maybe that helps repair things a bit, but – it seems a little bit different than it was last year when I was convinced that they were going to find a way to get a long-term deal done.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Would, have, have we heard anything about him being involved, Jackson being involved in their search for that new coordinator? Yes. Because that, that would be a big clue.
3: Yes, I think Yeah, I mean, say that. I, I think
4: I heard, I've heard some reports. I think there's been some reported that they want his voice to be a part of that, yeah. which, is, again, might, maybe it's a sign that, look, everything's really fine. Maybe that's an olive branch. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I think the fact that they have a, there's at least an idea that he's going to have some input there is a big sign that okay maybe maybe it does end up patched up between the parties and they get a long-term deal done you know because obviously like, he's an extremely talented quarterback and as we just talked about you need something like that in the AFC right now so I would think Baltimore would want to get this done but I've been saying that for now six months so <laughs> I need to see it
3: Mark you know uh, you know your Patriots very well what's ahead for them like is Mac Jones their quarterback week one. I mean, I think yes, but it's it's not a year where you're just going to ne- necessarily want to see him, you know, to the end. I wonder what their confidence level in him is.
4: Right. I I, I think it's a, I've I've used this sort of phrase before, you know. Yes, he's their starting quarterback week one. Is there is he their starter in week eight? Is he their starter in week twelve? If healthy, I think that's the bigger question right now because this is year three. Bills fans know year three, it's kind of the make or break year, right? It's the old Bill Walsh, he always would say quarterback third year. That's when you either figure it out or you don't. Um, we've seen quarterbacks not named Josh Allen, others, Jalen Hurts, who's in this year's Super Bowl, have that sort of year three leap. Is this the season he puts it together? They've they've got positions they need to address. Receiver, you know, they gotta figure out offensive line, you know, they might have to take a look at the secondary and some other positions. But the biggest question facing them is Mac Jones. Do they finally have stability around him from a coaching standpoint? Bill O'Brien, the hire of Bill O'Brien, there's obviously a, a you know a bit of a relationship there. They worked a little bit together when O'Brien was hired by Alabama. Mac Jones reportedly taught him the offense, so you know it seems like that was the move made to all right, let's get that relationship that relationship between the young quarterback and the offensive coordinator in place. But it's a make-or-break year for Mac Jones. I, th- I think he's the starter week one. I don't know about weeks four and beyond. I mean, I, I think he needs to show that he can be this team's quarterback. Otherwise, they're going to have to dip into the quarterback market again next off season. You weren't
3: you, you weren't trolling Bulldog by the way when you mentioned Walsh, right?
4: No, no, not okay. at all.
3: B- Bulldogs notorious Bill Walsh basher.
4: Uh, no, I, I was just you know slipping that in there. Like, you know.
2: I don't yeah. Like, yeah, no, That's cool. Um, I, I'm lo- I'm totally losing where I was. Oh no, O'Brien, I, I'm inclined to respect that hire. I, I know he kind of became a punchline in Houston. The trades, so like he just got power crazy and just you know just went. I think maybe a little nuts uh, w- at the end there in Houston. But um, and there's the you know Belichick reaching into the past again, and you know so you you can you know shoot shoot your shoot your holes in it if you want. Um, but I, I feel like O'Brien's a respectable hire there for them.
4: Yeah, as an offensive coordinator, sure. If, if yeah. they start letting them make roster decisions and, you know, letting them call a shot on trades and things like that, like you do with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, then it could sort right. of spin wildly out of control. And, yes, look, as, as we've seen over the past couple of years, this, the idea that, you know, Belichick has sort of turned to people that he knows, Patricia and Judge this past offseason, you know, obviously bringing Gerard Mayo back, you know, because he was in, potentially going to interview the head coaching jobs, but you know they're working on a new role for him, maybe an assistant head coach type of type of title as well. You know, there's always that with Belichick, because he does seem to have sort of build Belichick circle of trust. But in terms of an offensive coordinator hire. I do think this makes a lot of sense for New England. There's that familiarity between O'Brien and Mac Jones. There's a history in New England, and he did some very good things as an offensive coordinator. As long as they don't let him you know, call a shot Mm -hmm. on trades, I think this could work out.
3: Very good, Mark. Uh, I guess one Tom Brady question is uh, appropriate, and we can end on it. Do you believe him this time?
4: I do, although I think my days of predicting Tom Brady moves are in the rearview mirror because I wrote two weeks ago that, you know, even if he loses to the Cowboys, he's coming back next year. I mean, this isn't how it ends. And then, you know, Brady makes me look a little foolish today. So I'm inclined to believe him here now. In talking to some people around the Buccaneers over the past couple of days, I get the sense that this is where it was headed. You know, I had that sense going into this morning, so the announcement today didn't really surprise me. He struggled to keep weight on this year. It certainly seemed when he was playing that – he was shying away from contact more than we had seen in years past. He didn't seem comfortable, didn't want to take hits, which, again, as a, somebody that's a couple of months older than Tom Brady, I get it. I wouldn't <laughs> want to get hit. I mean, I understand that. Um, you know, so I do think that could he still play? Yes. I, I, I think there was a part of me that thought, oh, Brady's going to look at all the people saying that he's done and say, no, 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 I'm going to prove you wrong again. But really, what does he have left to prove? So I, I think... In an ideal world, it would have ended after Super Bowl 53 or even the Super Bowl down in Tampa Bay the first year he was down there, but he took farther time the distance, and he said he always wanted to play until he was 45. He did that. He's going out not on the best note, but he showed this year that he could still play, and I think this is probably as good a time as he's going to get to hand him up.
3: I agree. Thank you, Mark. Any questions for us?
4: Um, How are you guys doing? We're getting into draft season. you guys getting a little excited about draft season?
3: tiny
4: bit
2: i uh, Sabers look good yes that that you yeah, i'll perk up there I, I look I'll, i do lo- the draft is, is is a lot of fun to invest you know time and energy into uh but I, i'm sort of where we let off at which is i'm still sort of for the, for the first time ever mark watching the afc championship game on sunday i i i felt like compelled to turn it off i was so mad and i've never felt like that like people say that kind of stuff all the time oh i couldn't even watch it i was so pissed off about the bill i actually was that i felt that i I stayed with it but so i'm still i'm still digging out a little bit
4: yeah you'll get there but hey tage looks great sabers look good so there's that right
3: will the sabers still be in action by the by the nfl draft uh, that'd be like end of the first round so um Let's hope. I think there's a good shot. Me, a good shot for that. Me yeah. too. I agree. Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure. Thanks, my friends. Be well. Have a great week. All right, Mark Schofield, SB Nation on Twitter at Mark Schofield. How about that? He got that. The Bills and the off season. What do you want? What do you? What are you? What are you afraid of, <laughs> if anything, from this uh, off season? Just underway here for the Bills. 803-0550. We'll talk some Sabres, too. uh, Sal Capaccio at 5. Paul Hamilton at the top of the pregame show at 6.30. TNT, so later start. Choose Love Night to start Black History Month. The Sabres uh, tonight, February 1st, home to
1: Carolina. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, back after sports here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,